Now this morning, we're going to continue in our series called Advance, and we're all the way down to the letter C. And I really kind of struggled with it this past week on what should I preach on. Brenda encouraged me to preach on courage, and, and she did that little thing about courage, and that, what is, Al, not Alice in Wonderland, but what is that one? Wizard of Oz, and I couldn't quite get that because I couldn't do the courage like the lion, I guess. Uh, but it just became very, very clear to me, uh, you know, a couple of days ago that we want to talk about consistency. Consistency. If we are going to advance and move forward and make progress, it is of utmost importance that we be consistent. Now, another word for the word consistent is to be constant to be fixed, to be reliable, to be persistent, unswerving, and unchanging. Consistency means to be faithful. Aren't you glad that God rewards the faithful? God rewards the consistent. Those that will not just once in a while stay with the program, but they will go and be all in for God's program for their lives. Amen? Consistency. I like what Willie May said, the great prophet Willie Mays. You ever heard of him? He said, It isn't hard to be good from time to time in sports. What's tough is being good every day. And so it's important then that we be consistent day in and day out. And the major area that we need to be consistent is, is we need to be consistent where the Word of God is concerned. So let's open our Bibles this morning to the book of John. And I want you to notice St. John chapter 8, and we'll look at verse 31. John 8, 31 says this, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, If you continue in my word. Now, that word continue literally means if you abide in my word, if you let this word live in you, if you live in my word, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word consistently, here's what will happen. Amen. Then you are truly one of my disciples. Amen. And you know what a disciple is, don't you? A disciple is a disciplined follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we're going to be disciplined followers of Jesus, we need to make sure that we know what he has said to us and apply the truths that we are hearing from him as a part of our daily life. Now notice with me, I heard something many, many years ago from Gloria Copeland, just a wonderful woman of God, married to Brother Kenneth Copeland for many, many years. She said something that really has stuck with me throughout the years. She said, inconsistency lies the power. Everyone say, in consistency lies the power. So there is power in constant consistency. We do not want to be an on-again, off-again Christian. We want to continue in the Word of God every day. 
And as we do, we will see the manifestation of verse 32. It says, And you shall know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you free. We sang about freedom. It's good to sing about freedom. But to maintain freedom in Christ Jesus, we must stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Has anyone ever been liberated or set free as a result of being in the Word, believing the Word, confessing the Word, and acting on the Word of God? And so it's important for us then to stand fast in it, to be consistent in the Word of God. You shall know the truth. Now the word know there is not a head knowledge of the Word of God. The word know there is a heart knowledge. Basically, when you know the truth, the truth that you are continuing in becomes revelation knowledge down in your spirit. In other words, it's the truth that is revealed to your spirit. And when you and I get revelation knowledge, it doesn't matter what's going on around us because the Word of God has been revealed to us. The devil may come to try to steal it from us, but he can't because we're standing steadfast on the rock of revealed knowledge. You'll know the truth. You shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you and make you free. There are tremendous benefits of revelation knowledge. One of which I found in 2 Peter chapter 1. And notice with me in the second verse of 2 Peter 1. He said here now that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. Through what? Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. We get the knowledge of God through the Word of God and through fellowship with God. And as a result, there are some things that are going to be multiplied in our lives. There are some things that are going to be increasing in our lives. Folks, when grace and peace are multiplied in our lives, you cannot help but advance. You cannot help but move forward. You cannot help, praise God, but have, but have days of heaven here upon the earth. Is anybody a candidate for more grace? Woo, hallelujah. His grace is sufficient. His grace is more than enough for where you are at. There is saving grace. There is serving grace. There is standing grace. There is sanctifying grace. And when His grace is multiplied unto you, oh, thank God, your life is going to be moving forward. Grace and peace. I like this mic. Grace and peace. Now point to yourself and say, grace and peace peace are being multiplied multiplied and being increased increased 
in my life. Because I've got revelation knowledge. Not just grace, but peace. Peace. Your peace has been purchased by the Prince of Peace. And it's one thing to have peace with God. And you get peace with God in the new birth when you get born again. But it's another thing to have the peace of God. Peace with God is important, but the peace of God, what that will do, it will keep your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. The peace of God will garrison about your life and about your mind like a group of soldiers in a turbulent country. And the Lord knows we've seen a lot of turbulence. But oh, thank God for the peace of God. I said thank God for the peace of God. When peace is multiplied unto you, you get a double portion of shalom. Shalom, shalom. I'm going to keep those who keep their mind stayed on me in perfect peace. There's going to be nothing missing, nothing broken. Shalom, shalom. So again, this comes by us just being consistent day in and day out. These things don't happen overnight. The renewing of the mind doesn't happen at a weekend seminar. Amen. The renewing of the mind happens over the process of time and over the process of years. How many of you know we're going from glory to glory? We're becoming more like Jesus every day. I know the truth. You know the truth. And the truth is set you free. Now go quickly over to James, the first chapter. James chapter 1. James, the first chapter, and we'll notice here in verse 22. I'm breaking my new Bible in because Raul stole my other one. <laughs> now, we, we took a little trip to a minister's meeting in Sacramento, and I left my Bible in his back seat. Did you bring it, or did you? I thought I saw it on eBay this morning. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. The book of James. The book of James. Now, notice with me in verse 22. He said here, But be ye... What? Doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving... Your own selves. Now sometimes you can find out what something says by first of all saying what it doesn't say. Notice with me. It does not say, but be ye note takers only. Be doers of the word, not note takers only. Here's another one. Not conference attenders only. I like conferences, don't you? What conferences do is they add to what we've already got. In other words, there's a building that takes place, 
by Spirit-anointed teachers. They're great. But it's not by DVD watchers only. But be ye doers of the Word and not CD listeners only. We do not advance in the knowledge of God by simply coming to church and checking a box. I don't think we have any box checkers here today. But we don't advance in the things of God by just taking notes. It's not about just consistently being in the Word. It's consistently doing the Word that we've been in. Amen? Now, we've heard a lot in this church over the years about certain truths. Before I get into that, how many of you know that your body can increase and get stronger if you will treat it right? Now, I'm not going to meddle with anybody. I'm not going to get on diets and anything like that, but I might get on exercise a little bit. Exercise is good for everybody, no matter what your age might be. So when we exercise, we grow, we advance in strength. Amen. Our muscles get stronger. It helps us to live longer. That was poetic right there, somebody. <laughs> so exercise is good. It's true for your body, but it's also true in other areas. Exercise. Yesterday I called my son James. He lives in Branson, Missouri. He works for Brother Keith Moore, has for many years. He has multiple jobs. One of which is he'll play guitar on the platform. Others are he'll go out there and take care of the grounds and he'll work with youth. And he does a lot of different things. And I say, hey, James, what are you doing? He says, I'm practicing playing the guitar. Now, he's been playing the guitar for many, many years. Just like Pastor Tom has played the guitar since he was a little boy. But Pastor Tom has not hung his guitar up. Pastor Tom diligently practices playing the guitar. In other words, he's exercising it. He's exercising the gift that God has placed on the inside of him. And as a result, he and James are growing and they're advancing in their ability to play the guitar. Advancing. Being consistent. Is so vital. It's so important. It's true in sports. It's true in every area of life. Now, we hear a lot in this church about walking in love. The Bible says that uh, the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. I'm glad he didn't say in our heads. Because if we were operating and trying to function in the love of God out of our head, we wouldn't make it. How many of you know your head is not reliable when it comes to walking in love? Because your head will want to give a person a piece of your mind. And we can't afford that. Amen. 
But we hear a lot about walking in love. And it's great to know what 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says, isn't it? Some of the earmarks of walking in love are love is patient. Love endures long. And love is kind. Amen? Love is not fretful. It's not touchy. Love is not resentful. Love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness and injustice. But love rejoices when right and truth prevail. The love of God on the inside of you and on the inside of me is ever, ever ready to believe the worst of every person. No, God's love in us is ever ready to believe the best of every person. Amen. Love in us and through us is forgiving. And so thank God for being able to have an understanding of what what love is and what love does. But love will never grow (coughs) until we exercise it. So you see, there's times in our lives where we need to take a spiritual inventory and ask ourselves these questions. How kind have I been? How patient am I with others? How forgiving am I? Am I holding on to a grudge? Or am I letting all bitterness and grudges go? Am I a forgiving person? Or am I a person that's holding on to the hurts of the past? See, if we're going to to grow and we're going to advance in the things of God, understand this, that God is love. And God, who is love, requires His children to imitate Him. Isn't that what Ephesians 5 said? He says, but be imitators of God as dear children. Amen. Amen. And so, doers of the Word of God apply the principles of the love of God and live it. Now, don't get yourself under condemnation if you had a fight with your wife on the way to church. Just repent. Plead the blood of Jesus over your life and get up and start walking in love once again. Oh, thank God. Say it with me. The love of God. It is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost. How kind are we being to those in service positions? Have you noticed that a lot of places where you go to be served don't have the servers? And they don't have the ability, if you will, to get what you need to your table when you want it all the time. But the love of God looks beyond that and prays for the people in that restaurant and asks God to help them. And when you ask God to help them, they'll help you. Amen. So this love is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but you don't know what this person said about me. 
You don't know what that person did to me. I don't know. I don't really want to know. But if you really want to advance in the things of God, this is a kingdom of love. If you want to get to a no-failure zone in your life and function and operate in success that belongs to you, walking in love is not a suggestion. Walking in love is a commandment. And sometimes in life, we need to let go of those things that are trying to hang on to us. Now, another area that we hear a lot about here at Heart of the Bay is we hear a lot about faith's confession. Great messages on faith's confession. But I think we need to come to grips with the fact that what are we doing with what we've heard about faith's confessions? You see, I believe that the number one way that we release our faith is with faith-filled words. You know, you can just go down several scriptures. I can quote a few of them to you about the importance of your words. For example, Proverbs 18.21 says that death and life, where are they? Death and life are in the, the power of the what? The power of the tongue. Proverbs 6.2 says this, that we are snared with the words of our mouth. Jesus said, For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Job said, How forcible are right words. Ecclesiastes says, Where the word of a king is, there is power. You are a child of the king. You are a king's kid created in the image and likeness of God, designed to be a speaking spirit. And when you speak the creative word of God, power is released. Woo! And the more you hear about faith-filled words, the more you will be held accountable for your actions. Amen. Words after words in the book of Proverbs... There is, uh, uh, the, the Word of God is health. The Word of God will bring us to a place, glory to God, of advancing in the things of God. Jesus said this. He said, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed. Folks, you're either talking to the mountain or the mountain's talking to you. See, the more we're talking about the mountain, the less we're acting on the Word, the less we're doing the Word of God. And when we talk about the mountain over and over again and make you know, mountains out of mohills, it keeps us paralyzed and keeps us from growing and advancing in the things of God. Oh, folks, your words are important. Say with me, my words are very important. So Jesus said this in Mark eleven twenty three. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he thinketh. No, he shall have 
whatsoever he saith. Words are seeds. And so we need to ask ourselves, what kind of seeds, what kind of words have we been planting? If we continuously talk about how bad things are, we are going to be paralyzed and short-circuit the goodness of God in our lives. So we hear a lot about love. We hear a lot about faith's confessions. One scripture that I want us to take a look at. Are you, you still have your Bibles? Are you all still here? I mean, you got time? I mean, you watched the Warriors game the other night for three hours. You can at least give the preacher a few minutes. Right? Right? Uh-huh. My, wasn't that a good game? Wow. John flew up. I got a free, two free tickets. Thank you, Jesus. Somebody says, oh, there you go bragging again. If I am, I'm bragging on Jesus. Because I didn't have to pay for tickets. It would sell for about $1,000. Thank you, Jesus. Plus, I got to have fellowship with my son. JT. Now, he couldn't stay very long. He flew in at 3 o'clock and flew out at 10.30 because he had a funeral yesterday. But, oh, thank God, it's precious to have family around. Amen. What's that got to do with the message? Nothing, but I thought I'd say it anyway. Words. Words. Everyone say words. Faith-filled words. Dominate the laws of sin and death. So speak faith-filled words over your body. Speak faith-filled words over your family. Yea, speak forth what my word says. For I am a good God, and I am watching over my words to perform it on your behalf. I am the one who performs that. So give me something to work with. Yea, lift up your voice. Lift up your voice and let your words be strong and let your words be aligned with my words. And as they are, you shall surely see the things that you say come to pass. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Well, I don't know about this bunch, you know, this blab it and grab it bunch. I like what one person says. Well, I'm one, one of them that blabbed it, grabbed it and got it. Amen. Glory to God. The words you speak. Be doers of that. Don't lay it aside just because things haven't come to pass yet. That's where we get into what the scripture talks about holding fast. Holding fast to the word of God is being a doer of the word of God. Look at Hebrews, the fourth chapter. And notice with me in verse 14. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest. Woo, glory. Is he great? He's a great high priest that is passed into the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. Read the rest with me. 
Call PT and have him hold fast to your confession. Call Brother Mike Guterres and say, Brother Mike, I want you to hold fast my confession. No, we are to hold fast to our confession. Our profession. In the Greek, the word for profession and the word for confession is the same thing. It means to say the same thing. It means to agree with. It means to acknowledge. It means to profess. It's more than just speaking. It becomes a lifestyle which affects every area of our life. As a Christian, your profession is your confession. Amen. Say it with me, as a Christian, as a Christian my, profession my profession is my, is my confession. confession. Now, we know of people that have certain professions, right? Golfers, for example. The PGA thing is going on right now. These guys didn't just show up at Southern Hills in Tulsa, Oklahoma for the PGA Championship and just, okay, I'm going to try it out today and see how I do. No, these guys are professionals. And as a professional, they practice golf as a way of life. They even hire coaches to be able to critique them and to be able to tweak some things that they may see so that they can make adjustments so that they can play better golf. It's their profession. Amen. Well, in Christ Jesus, you and I have been employed by the head of the church. We have all been given the responsibility, if you will, as a profession, as a way of life, as work on our part to hold fast our confession. And this comes by diligently monitoring what you are saying. I've had to correct myself many times over the years and had conversations with myself. Now, Mark, you're not going to say that because that is not what you want in your life. How many of you had to just grab yourself by the ear sometime and say, we're not saying that anymore. We're saying only what the Word of God says. Because as we say only what the Word of God says, we will only have what the Word of God provides. Hallelujah. So now notice this with me. He said, hold fast the profession or the confession of your Faith. Hold fast. I don't know if any of you played football growing up. I played a little bit, not a lot. But one thing that a football coach will do, whether he's a grade school coach, or whether he's a college coach, or whether he's a high school coach, he will absolutely tell the person that is going to be carrying the ball <laughs> to hold on to the ball. Why? Because he knows that the opposition is going to do their level best to slap it out of their hands. 
You'll notice that in the NFL at the end of a game when a team is behind by three points or seven points and there's little time left. They're constantly trying to get the ball out of the runner's hand or out of the quarterback's hand. Some high school coaches I've heard and college coaches will even line players up on both sides and have the person carrying the ball through that line and they'll be slapping at the ball trying to get it out of his hand. Mark Hankins said that his high school coach had the running back carry the football to the classes because he wanted him to get used to holding come on somebody holding fast to the ball and the enemy will do everything he can to slap your confession out of you he'll try to slap your words right out of you But oh, thank God, you and I, we can hold fast to the confession of our faith. The message translation says it this way. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. Don't let it slip through our fingers. So are we fighters or not? Are we fighters in this house or not? I'll guarantee you, if we weren't a bunch of fighters... We would not have made it through this pandemic. These doors would be closed. Just like thousands of churches have shut down in the last two years. Thousands upon thousands of pastors have resigned. Why? Because the pressure got too great. But in this house, not because of me, but because of the foundation that has been laid for years and decades and decades, this house is still open for business. This place, this place will not be closed by government ever again. This house is a house of prayer. This house is a house of praise. This house is a house of power. This house is a house of miracles. This is God's house. This is not our house. This is His place. And I love His place. I love His presence. I love the moving of the Holy Spirit. But if it was just P.T. and I and our wives and Pastor Nancy fighting the good fight of faith, this church would not have made it. We've got a congregation. we got a congregation of fighters. A congregation that even though the doors were shut, still sent their tithes and still sent their offerings. A congregation of fighters who fight the good fight of faith. And win. These are they which build their house upon a rock. When the floods came, 
and the storms arose and the waters tried to drown us. It could not shake this house. Why? Because it was founded upon a rock. Shekarabasata. <laughs> founded upon a rock. Jesus is the rock, but the rock he's talking about there is the rock of revelation knowledge. The rock of hearing the sayings of Jesus, of hearing the word of God and doing the word so that when all hell breaks loose, it cannot shake it. It cannot move it. That's the way this house is. And you're the house of God. That's the way your house needs to be. That's the way your temple needs to be. That's the way your soul needs to be. They'll try to take some of us, of us out. But I can see that you're still here. I said you're still here. You're still breathing. You're still praising. You're still rejoicing. Because your house, your life, has been founded, Paul, upon the rock. Upon the rock. Whoo, hallelujah. Upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Whoo, hallelujah. Upon this rock, I'm going to build my house. I'm going to build my family. I'm going to build my foundation. And when the enemy comes to seek to devour, he may not. Because we're founded upon a rock. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Rejoice. Rejoice. Woo, hallelujah. Say with me, my house, my life is founded upon a rock. And that's how you advance. You just stay with it. Amen. We're not having earth-shattering attendance on a Wednesday night. We may have a few people show up, but we're not quitting. Because we have designated Wednesday nights as a night of healing and a night of miracles where the Word of God is being taught. Praise God. And don't bother me. If one person shows up, we're going to have revival. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Somebody shout with me this morning. Woo! Glory to God. <laughs> oh, let's close in James chapter 1. Let's go back there. Hallelujah. Say it with me, we're advancing. We're moving forward. We're making progress. Yeah, that's what we're doing. We're making progress. We're moving forward. We're advancing. Look at James chapter 1, verse 22 again. He said, But be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Amen. Deceiving your own selves. Now notice this in verse 23 through verse 25. Let's read it together. Ready, read. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Verse 24. For he beholdeth himself 
and goeth his way, and straightway forgetteth of what manner he was. Verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and what? That's being consistent. And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Stop right there. A doer of the work. How many of you know the word must be worked? And it, it is our profession. It is our work to do the word. A doer of the work. Notice this last phrase. Let's read it together. This man shall be blessed. Woo, hallelujah. In other words... As you're consistent, as you continue in these things, as you respond to the truth that you're hearing today, you will be blessed. Everyone say blessed. blessed. One person said it this way, I'm so blessed, the blessed people call me blessed. <laughs> this man, are you that man? Yeah. Are you that woman? Yes. Guys don't say yes. Better way to say it. Are you that person? This. Should I tell that or not? Pastor Brenda took her liberty up in Oregon the other night and got banned from YouTube. (laughs) She arrived. She showed a picture of her during the pandemic getting her hair cut. And it was one it looked like a mug shot. She was like this with her eyes wide open. I hope I don't get banned for telling this. But she got banned. She'll probably tell more about it. But this man this person is going to be blessed. A lot of folks want the blessing, but they don't want to do anything about it. A lot of folks want to abound with blessings, but they forget the first part of Proverbs 28. Proverbs 28, 20 says, the faithful, the the reliable, the constant, a faithful person shall do what? That's increasing, isn't it? That's making progress, isn't it? Your faithfulness qualifies you to advance. Your faithfulness qualifies you for prosperity. A faithful man See that faithful guy right up there? A faithful man shall what? Abound with what? Notice he didn't didn't just say blessing. A faithful man shall abound with what? Blessings, plural. Mm -mm -mm. Oh, you want to be faithful. You want to be reliable. You want to be a person that God can count on when He calls your name. 
You want to be there like He's been there for you. A faithful man is going to abound with blessings. A consistent man shall abound with blessings. This man shall be blessed in their deed. Years ago, Brother Hagen, when he did the two-week uh, Holy Ghost meeting, remember that? How many of you were there over on Royal Avenue for that two-week Holy Ghost meeting? Woo-hoo! Glory to God. Changed our lives, changed our church forever. Forever. And he said in the Spirit one day, he used the term happy seven times. That word blessed in his deed or blessed in his doing also is happy. When you're a doer of God's word, you're going to be one of the happiest people in Hayward. You're going to do what Pastor Brenda preached on a couple of weeks ago. You're going to smile at your future because you have confidence in the one that holds the future for you. So Dan Hagen, he said the word blessed seven times. Let's say it seven times. Happy, 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 happy. And he said, it'll be said by some about this church and the people in this church. Well, that's the happiest bunch of people I've ever seen. Glory to God. That's the happiest bunch of folks I've ever seen. Amen. Happiness is connected to being consistent and to hearing and doing the Word of God. I rest my case today. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good.